I want to speak to those right now who I really do feel like are kind of in this mind trap of, I know what you're saying, but you don't understand what I've done. I know what you're saying, but I really do deserve to feel full of guilt and full of shame. I really do deserve it because Autumn, you don't understand. You don't understand where I've been. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand how I've hurt people. You don't understand what's in my past. And I always get this pushback. Well, I, like your sin is greater than somebody else's. And I don't mean to minimize what you've done. Maybe what you've done is bad. But if God says there's no condemnation for it when you have repented and asked Jesus to come into your heart, it's not up for debate. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome back to another super awesome episode of the Autumn Miles Show. I hope you are loving this day like I am. I woke up. Um, my husband said, Autumn, it's going to be 83 degrees today here in Dallas, which put a pep in my step. Listen, I hate cold weather. I hate it. Like, I feel like I'm allergic to cold weather. I grew up in cold weather. I hate it. And so when he said that, I'm like, listen, the world is my playground today. <laughs> so that's kind of how I'm feeling today. We're going to do burgers on the grill tonight because you know what? Tomorrow in Texas, it could be 30 degrees. We just don't ever know. Anyway, I hope you are having a, a fantastic day. I love y'all so much. Um, I'm super excited about next week. Listen, announcement here. I have a burning, and this goes right along with my announcement, for what we're doing next week. I'm going to start a series all about the fire of the Lord. Fire is going to be what we're going to be talking about because I'm just feeling, I'm feeling the fire. I'm just really feeling it. And every time I'm, I'm very intrigued by fire in scripture. And so we're going to talk all about it. The fire of the Holy Spirit in your life, what God does with fire. He is an all-consuming fire. Um, when he shows up, everything either burns down or gets put back together. You just kind of never know what he's going to do. Um, our God is so powerful. And so I'm probably going to, you know, sprinkle a little Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there somewhere. It's going to be good, y'all. So come back next week. I think it's going to be a three-week series. You never know. I mean, the wilderness lasted forever, but it was good fruit that came out of that series. So at this point, I think we're going for three weeks because I definitely want to make sure Easter is like legit um, because y'all know how much I am obsessed with Easter and we all should be because of the resurrection. But yes. Okay. That is my announcement. Uh, what is happening in my life? Okay. So yesterday, and this is kind of... Um, that's really precious. Okay, so I'm about to share you a little piece of my heart. My little kids, Moses and Haven, are just getting to the point where they understand um, adoption. And we've always we've always told them, like, uh, we're in our family. Let me put it that way, because everybody's different. In our family, that is what we felt like God said to do. He, they need to know, um, you know, about how God pieced our family together and the origin of it, like straight out the gate. So every time that Moses is asked um, or Haven has asked, we've been, we answered them 
truthfully, directly. And then I will say to them, do you have any other questions? Because I don't like a lingering mind. So that's just kind of how we we have done it. If you've adopted children out there, you can kind of vibe with what I'm saying. It is a different ball game when the birth stories are just as beautiful, but different, but look different. Um, so I'm going to church on Sunday. Okay. And um, Moses's birthday was yesterday. And he turned eight years old. Congratulations to him. Love, love, love. He is my little precious. He is my mosey pie. Although I'm not allowed to call him that in public anymore, which he told me the other day. I think I told you guys that. But so we're going to church on Sunday. Sunday in our house with four kids is insanity. It's just like, does everyone have shirts and pants on? (laughs) Have you guys, you know, grabbed a piece of cheese from the fridge? Like, it's like, listen, it ain't cute. Uh, We're all trying to get out the door. My kids, Grace works at the church. Jude volunteers at the church. And of course, Eddie's one of the pastors at the church. Well, then I have the other half. And so it's like, okay, you know, my hair is wet and, you know, you don't match, but let's go. We're going to church. So we get out the door and we have a good 25 minute drive to church. And I love it because I I hear, I hear their little stories that they talk about in the back. Well, on Sunday, it was February 19th and I'm recording a week ahead of time. Just so you're like February 19th, but it's February 19th. And on February 18th, is when we've got the call about Moses that um, we were going to parent him. And we said yes to being his parents. Very, very, very huge deal in the adoption community. February 19th was the day in between. And I, it was awesome because on February 19th, uh, eight years ago, we got the call and were asked if we would parent Haven which of course we said yes to when she was born nine months later. So February 19th is a really, really big deal in our family. It's not just birth. It's like, listen, guys, listen to everything that God has done. And so I was telling them just the story and just, you know, to, I mean, there's some things that we keep private, obviously, but um, I was talking them through the details of their story and they were on the edge of their seats and they were just like, you know, really leaned in and, Haven's uh, question was, and then what happened? And then what did you do? (laughs) And then what happened? And I was like, oh my goodness gracious. But one cute thing, what one um, miraculous thing about their story is we were going in to meet Moses in the hospital on February 20th after he was born on the phone with Haven's birth mother talking to her. And it was one of those moments where it was like every thing that I had waited for for 18 years collided in perfect harmony at one time. And every tear that I had cried, every moment that I had questioned God and said, God, what in the world are you doing? What are you doing to me? (laughs) Like, what are you doing to me? On that moment on February 20th, everything collided together. And obviously we have the babies as a result, which is why I talk about it all the time, because it is not just one miracle. It's about seven miracles all smashed together that the Lord manifested in a long time, but in a very, uh, we saw the manifestation of it in a very few short days. And they were so entertained by their story 
And it was kind of part of Moses's birthday. And yesterday we had Moses's birthday and celebrated him. He wanted to go to hibachi, which I'm not a huge fan of hibachi because I don't really know why I'm not a huge fan. I'm not a huge fan of the food, but I love the show. Anyway, at the end, I was putting him to bed last night and he started crying and he was overcome with emotion. He's like, mom, why is my birthday have to be over? Why does it have to be over? And I said, well, baby, it's coming next year. And he, um, he was just crying beside himself that his birthday was ending. And he was like, that's so long, mom, that's so long. And the Lord just really punctured my heart and said, he's never going to forget this one because he understands now how specific and beautiful and miraculous his story is. And anyway, it was just a really cool moment. It was like a moment, you know, you have those moments with your kids that they're like moments. It's like, I'm not going to forget this. It was a moment um, in his life and in my life as well. So anyway, that's what's happening in my life. I love that kid so much. I just love him. I tell him all the time. I love you so much. It hurts. It hurts that I love you so much. Uh, anyway, happy birthday to Moses. Um, we're going to come right back and we are going to talk about your mind and a, a mind trap that you may be in right now. Don't miss it. Um, next week again, we're going to start that new series on fire. I'll see you in a sec. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Looking for a passionate speaker to bring the Word of God for your next conference or church function? We've got the girl for you. Autumn Miles is the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministries with the goal of spiritually challenging the way people think. Autumn is dedicated to teaching the Bible in an engaging and relatable way so that everyone can experience the Lord in a deeper way. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she's passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. So what are you waiting for? You can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement today. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. Okay, guys, I am back. So in between these series that we're doing, we found a really good rhythm of introducing um, content that was like really important or just content that the Lord has really laid on my heart. I really wanted to talk about the deceptive spirit today, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that probably uh, after Easter, but it's going to be good because I'm lit up about this uh, story I found in scripture. Anyway, today I want to talk to you about your mind. Now, a couple of years ago, I did a series all on the mind and um, probably one of the most notable series that, that we've done, but there is a mind trap that so many people get into and it is guilt 
or it is shame. And I feel like this, this little mind trap kind of creeps up on us in like the worst possible time ever. Um, you know, you're having a good time and then all of a sudden you'll feel guilty for having a good time because, you know, um, you're a mom and you've been gone for three hours and what is the baby's sitter going to think? You know, you've got that mom guilt. Mom guilt is like so legit real. I can't even handle my life. Every time I travel, I, I have um, intercessors praying for me. And one of the things that they pray for is mom guilt because I feel guilty doing what God's called me to do because I have these kids, even though I'm back soon, even though they're well taken care of, it is a thing. So mom guilt is for sure a thing. And, uh, you know, if there's something that you didn't do or that you forgot to do or that, you know, you don't feel like you were truthful with or, you know, whatever, those those things um, produce guilt in you. There's also shame. Um, you know, I did this when I was 10 years ago and I feel shame over it, whether it's, you know, you were involved in a sin or whatever it is. And this mind trap of guilt and shame can tank y'all our entire life. We can find that we bow down to the God of guilt and shame rather than the Jesus that came to overcome and give us redemption over that. And so I want to tell you, I have struggled with this. Okay. There has been multiple times in my life when I've done something and I can even sense it. This is one of those mind things that is so, it's so hard to overcome because it's believable. I should feel guilty about doing that. I should feel guilty about, you know, um, not fulfilling my responsibility there. I should feel guilty about not being, it seems so believable. I should have shame about sin from my past. It is, it is believable. And, and, you know, it's, it's amazing, um, that Jesus came in and, and kind of paid for it all, but it's a real thing. And even believers, some of the most um, mature believers that I know struggle in this area of, I just can't get over what I did to my child. I just can't get over the fact that I committed adultery on my spouse or whatever. And listen, those things we've got to, we've got to repent. We've got to move forward on, but the guilt and shame associated with something keeps us attached to that thing, even though you were forgiven, sometimes even our spouses have forgiven us. It still keeps us attached to that thing um, so that we cannot move forward. And I want you guys in the, in the vein of having joy, I want you guys to start confronting some of these traps, these mind traps um, that we find ourselves in. And these two are one, are one of them. I talk a lot about how I struggled with guilt a long time. And I remember after my divorce, and I remember very specifically someone looking at me and saying, well, if you wouldn't have done this, my life wouldn't have been like this. And I remember, oh, they were blaming what was happening in their life because of my decision to get divorced. And they were kind of right. <laughs> I saw their points. And that statement stuck with me. For years and years and years, because this person had prominence in my life. I remember going back and giving this thought, this line, which they probably never even thought about again, but I thought about often. I gave it so much weight in my mind because yes, you're right. It did change the, the trajectory of your life. It did tank your life for a while. 
So how do we sever that? How do you sever that addiction to guilt and shame? How do you once and for all say, I don't have to continue to pay for this because Jesus paid for this thing on the cross. How do you retrain your mind? Okay. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about today in the next uh, few minutes that we have left. There are certain scriptures that I think, yeah, I think sometimes just awareness is the key. If we're aware of what we're, we're continuing to think or what we're continuing to go back to, if we just are aware of what we're doing, sometimes that's enough to stop it. If we know in scripture what the Lord says about guilt, shame, condemnation, things like that, sometimes that's enough to stop it. But, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes you can know about it um, and knowing what God says is um, not believing what he says. And sometimes it's very, very hard to believe what he says because we don't agree with what he says. I want to go to Romans 8.1. Sometimes what God says about our guilt and our, our sin being gone is hard to believe. It's just hard to believe because we, we feel like we should pay and that. And it's true that the feeling is authentic. We, we actually, um, if we're not believers and we haven't, we haven't been forgiven by the Lord and covered by the blood, we do pay for our sin. Okay. So it is believable, but we have to come to a point in our lives when it comes to guilt and shame if we don't believe what God says, we have to, until we believe, agree. Okay, God, you're right on everything, including this guilt and shame thing. If you are right that I don't have to carry shame from my past any longer because you are truth, it's hard for me to believe. But I will simply, before I believe, I will agree with what your word says. Do you understand? Um, it's, it's the first start of building a belief system on something that's hard to believe. Just agreeing. Just agreeing. Um, in Romans, it says this, Romans 8.1, Now, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free, free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, as an offering, we talked about the guilt offering a couple of weeks ago for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled. This is deep, but you know what? We went lion lamb hardcore on the lamb of God the other week. Might be fulfilled in us who do not work, walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Um, I want to stop right there. And I we this is basically saying, listen, what the law couldn't do. The law can't erase your sin. You will eventually have to continue paying. You'll eventually have to go and, and present the lamb, um, the guilt offering. You're eventually going to have to do that every single time that you sin. The law can't fix what God did. God came in, sent his son, Jesus, 
as a spotless lamb, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, to be the one and final sacrifice for everything that you feel guilty about or that you feel ashamed about, which is why Romans 8, 1 can be in the Bible. Therefore, there is no condemnations for who? Those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you walk according to and have the spirit living inside of you, you are a believer. You've asked the Lord uh, to be in a relationship with you, to forgive you from your sins. You don't have to be married to the guilt and shame anymore. Why? Because Jesus satisfied that guilt offering for you. There is none, no condemnation, no condemnation. I want to talk about this just for a second, because after I got divorced, I felt like I, I felt good when I felt bad about what the part that I had played in my past. Does that make sense? I felt good. I felt like, yeah, I should be feeling this. And you know, there, there is a point where you, you know, when you kind of put yourself through the ringer and you make yourself pay. And when you make yourself sort of feel guilty because guilt feels good because it feels right. And I remember um, going through this process of thinking, um, you know, I, I should feel bad. I should tell everyone how terrible I am. I should have, I should be telling everyone, you know, that I have, you know, such a sinful past and, you know, all of these things I should be telling everyone. And I did. And then my dad ended up checking me. And he said, while we were driving to a hardware store one day, he was like, stop telling people, stop telling everyone what you've done and what you've been a part of. Stop doing that. Why, why are you continuing to make this part of your identity? Your identity is a daughter of Christ. Your identity is not Autumn the divorcee. Your identity is Autumn Jesus Christ child. That is your identity. And it changed everything. Because, and why could he say that? Because of Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Condemnation feels right when we feel like we deserve it. But yet the Bible still says there is none. God doesn't condemn you because he did that. He sent his son to do that for us. He does not condemn you. Now, this is the part where I'm talking about. You have to just agree. I have talked to people in counseling rooms and in um, situations where they've called me and they've said, you know, Autumn, um, I'm really struggling with guilt. I'm really struggling with shame. I'm really struggling with all of these different kind of thoughts because of whatever it is. And I go back to this verse every single time. Did you repent? Did you, did you ask for forgiveness from the Lord? Did you take the necessary steps in order to um, make sure that you are in right standing with man and God? Yes, but I just can't get past this. How do I get out of this mind trap? Well, condemnation is believable. Even though God says there is none if you're in Christ Jesus. So rather than just saying, well, I believe it, I believe it. God said it, it's done. If you can't believe it, because sometimes faith is hard to believe. If you can't believe it, simply agree. Do you agree with God is what I'll say. Do you agree with his word? Do you believe his word is true? Yes. Well, Romans 8, 1 is in his word. 
I want to speak to those right now who I really do feel like are kind of in this mind trap of, I know what you're saying, but you don't understand what I've done. I know what you're saying, but I really do deserve to feel full of guilt and full of shame. I really do deserve it because Autumn, you don't understand. You don't understand where I've been. You don't understand what I've done. You don't understand how I've hurt people. You don't understand what's in my past. And I always get this pushback. Well, I, like your sin is greater than somebody else's. And I don't mean to minimize what you've done. Maybe what you've done is bad. But if God says there's no condemnation for it when you have repented and asked Jesus to come into your heart, it's not up for debate. It doesn't really matter that you feel like you deserve condemnation. God has, Jesus has taken away that burden from you. You're feeling it because you're allowing it in your mind. It doesn't have to keep you in the mind trap of guilt and shame. It doesn't matter if you feel like you deserve it. You don't have to live like that. Romans 8, 2 says this, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. It doesn't make sense. And yet it's there. No condemnation. No condemnation. None. Not one. God doesn't condemn you. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. So if God is saying there is no condemnation, why are you wasting time condemning yourself? Once I got this concept and I realized I am literally fighting with a gift that I actually want. <laughs> I want to feel guilt. I don't want to feel shame. I don't want to feel condemnation. I don't want to feel bad for the rest of my life about something that I did, uh, you, you know, all these years ago. I don't want to feel that, but it feels like I have to feel that. And God is saying right here, no, you don't. I have set you free from that. You don't have to believe. You should believe. But until you believe, agree. Do you agree the Bible's true? That is the first action step you can take to get your mind right. And every time Satan comes in and says, well, you really, you really messed this up or you really did that. And I can't believe you did this and all of these different things. Remind him of Romans 8.1. There is no condemnation so if I'm feeling condemnation, it's not from God, it's from my flesh or it's from the enemy or it's from some other Pharisee. There is no condemnation, no condemnation, no condemnation. And anyone that says otherwise does not agree with the scripture, period, because of Romans 8, 1 through 8, 5. I wonder if God gets frustrated. Do you ever think God gets frustrated? He probably doesn't. He's God. He's good. <laughs> no, he does. He definitely does because we see it in the scripture. But I wonder if God just is in heaven saying, I've set her free. I did all the work <laughs> because he did. I sent my son. My son was sacrificed. He went to earth. He wrapped himself in flesh. He was accused. He was went through Gethsemane, through everything that he went through. He went through for her and him. And they still living like that? You think he ever, ever talks to like the elders in heaven? 
And it was like, why are they still living like that? Why are they still living, allowing those feelings of guilt and shame to manipulate and monopolize their mind? I just wonder sometimes if God is like, I did all the work. And the one thing that they have to do is receive freedom and receive my forgiveness. And that's the one thing that they won't do. I did all the work. It's almost like we feel like we want to do all the work because receiving freedom is too easy. And yet that's exactly how God set it up. I want to go to Roman, uh, not Romans. Oh man. I just pulled out my little tabby thing. I want to go to revelation. Let me turn to it. I had it marked, just pulled it out. We're getting a lot of good real estate in revelation. Um, lately I want to read this because it's like, it's, it's real good. Then I heard, a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. Revelation twelve ten. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. Who is that? Satan, the enemy, the devil. He who accuses them before our God day and night. Now I want to make a point here. Let me, let me read it again. Cause this is just too good. Then I heard a voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He, the enemy who accuses them before our God day and night. Let me go to verse 11. And they overcame him because of who? The blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with that death. Listen, now the salvation, Roma, uh, Revelation twelve ten, and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before God day and night. This is telling you that there is, uh, the enemy does have access to God um, day and night. And what, what does he do day and night? He accuses the brethren. Um, that's what he's called. He is the accuser of the brethren. He will stand before the Lord and he will say, well, look at her. Look at what she's doing. Look at what she's done. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And this is my question to you. If the enemy is up in the throne room of heaven, um, accusing you before God day and night, what do you think him and his minions are doing to you day and night? If he's bold enough to walk through the throne room and being like, what's up, God? Look at this guy. Look at what he's doing. All these things. And he is accusing you before God himself, what do you think he's going to try to do in your mind? Because if he can accuse you in your mind that you have to carry guilt, shame, whatever, condemnation, whatever it is about your past or about how you feel or whatever, if he can get you to take the bait, God will never take the bait. And we're going to look at that in just a second. God will never take the bait. He will never say, you know what? You're right. It's a wonder he even wastes his time on God. But you know what? On us, 
Sometimes this time is not wasted because we listen to these thoughts. They're very, very believable. And we lean in and we say, you know what? I should spend the rest uh, of four years trying to make restitution for something that I did 20 years ago, even though God's already took the condemnation away from me. It's a waste of breath before the throne room of heaven because God knows that he sent his son Jesus to cover it by the blood of the lamb. But you know what? To us, we do take the bait. We do take the bait. When you understand that God is up in heaven, the enemy is up in heaven. And what is he doing? He is accusing, constantly accusing. They're this, they're that, they're sinful. Did you see what they did? Did you see that white lie that they told? Did you see that black lie that they told? Did you see what they did here? They weren't integrous here. They weren't this, they weren't that. Did you see how they yelled at their kids? Did you see how they lost their temple? Did you see how the, when you understand that Satan is up in heaven, literally doing that day and night before God, and he knows that God's not gonna listen to anything that he has to say. What do you think he's doing to you? Your job is to look at Romans 8, 1. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Say, God, this is so hard for me to believe. This is so hard for me to receive. It's so hard. So I can't, I, I, it's hard for me to believe right now, but I will agree. And every time those thoughts from the accuser come in your mind, that is your job to say, this does not align with scripture. I am siding with scripture and not this thought. That's how we gain victory over our guilt and shame. It feels good to do. It feels good to make restitution ourselves. It feels good. And you know, that's what the whole law was based on. Works. Works feel good. Works feel good because it produces something. And it's honestly selfish. However, the blood of the lamb has covered. Therefore, we don't have to work. We just have to believe to receive. And even if we can't do that, we simply agree. We simply agree. I want to move on to this last point and then we'll be done. I'm going to do a little bit shorter um, today. I'm going to do a little bit shorter, but I feel like this is packed with a punch. Here we have in Romans. And I think I just mentioned this, this portion of scripture a few weeks ago. Um, as a matter of fact, when we were reading over this, I felt like the Lord was like, you just shared this, but I'm going to share it again because sometimes I, I might've shared it in the lion lamb series, honestly. But here we have revelation 12, 10, that saying he's coming in, he's accusing, he's accusing us before God. And then we have an actual picture in Zechariah 3. Now, again, I do I do realize, I think I just shared this, but I don't care because it's that awesome and we're going to do it again. Zechariah here, we have a, a picture of the enemy doing exactly what Revelation 12 says that he's doing. We have a picture of it. And we also have a picture of God's response to it. This is why the Bible is so good. This is why you need to get your little hindies in the Bible every single day. Because there are so many ways that the Bible can answer the things that we struggle with. So Revelation 12.10 says the enemy's coming in, he's accusing. And then this is the, the a scene where the enemy actually does it. And it gives us the response. From God himself. Uh, Zechariah 3, 1 says this. Then 
he showed me Joshua, the high priest. This is not Joshua, Jericho, Joshua. This is Joshua, the high priest. So this is a different dude. Okay. Totally different dude. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. So we've got the high, the high priest. Like this isn't like low totem pole priest. This is like the high legit priest. He is standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand. What is he doing to accuse him? This is the exact scene I just read in Revelation 12, verse two, Zechariah three, two, the Lord said not to Joshua, the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Indeed, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not, talking about uh, Joshua, is this not a brand plucked from the fire? This is what God does. We, when Satan comes in to accuse us, this is his response. He talks to Satan. He doesn't talk to Joshua. Joshua's just standing there going, what in the world am I doing here in the throne of heaven anyway? But he, he addresses the enemy. He doesn't say the Lord rebuke you, Joshua. He says the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord, you are rebuked because of my power. Verse three, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments representing sin because, you know, we are, we are sinners. And standing before the angel, verse four, he spoke and said to those who were standing before him saying, remove the filthy garments from him. Just remove them. And he said to him, see, I have taken your iniquity away from you and will clothe you with feastal or festal, feastal robes. Then I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments while the angel of the Lord was standing by. The angel of the Lord didn't say one time, no, don't do that. He needs to wear them. He needs to wear them until they're black. He needs to wear them until they're so filthy. He needs to wear that guilt and shame of those dirty garments of what he has on. Um, because, you know, Satan really has a really good point here. He needs to carry that guilt and shame with him until the end of time. The angel of the Lord didn't say that. He stood by and he watched the cleansing process that Joshua went through. And the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua. And this is what he said. Thus says the Lord of hosts. If you walk in my ways and if you perform my service, then you will also govern my house and also have charge of my courts. And I will grant you free access among these who are standing here. I could dissect that entire passage, but I'm, um, I'm not going to do that because I want you to see the heart of the father. I was asked one time, Hey, will you come and talk about, um, the guilt and shame in, in regards to Rahab? And, um, because I wrote the book, I am Rahab, which by the way is the bomb. And you guys should go pick it up. Um, because it kicked my butt writing it. <laughs> There's a lot of really cool stuff about Rahab in there, but they said, will you come and talk about guilt and shame? And you know, I couldn't find her. I couldn't find it. There was no text to support that she struggled with guilt and shame. There was no text to support it. 
And then it hit me. She didn't struggle with guilt and shame because she lived in, lived in a totally different pagan society. She was named after Rob, the sun God. I mean, this woman was like, um, she was actually applauded for what she did. Um, not necessarily, it wasn't necessarily anything to, to feel guilt or shame over. So it was anyway, it, it went well and everything, but I shared this passage. I shared this passage because Satan knows the Pharisee spirit well, and he's part of the Pharisee spirit. He created the Pharisee spirit. When even though we're forgiven, he tells us, well, that's not enough. You have to continue to pay. And so I want to take you and I'll close with this. In John, there was a woman caught in the midst of adultery. I just shared this last week, actually. And we're going to see what Jesus said. So we see what God said. The angel of the Lord said in the throne room in Zechariah. And now I'm going to show you what Jesus said. John 8 says this. uh, Early in the morning, he came again to the temple, Jesus, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. Verse 3, the scribes and the Pharisees who were out to get Jesus brought a woman caught in the in adultery. And having set her in the center of the court, verse 4, they said to him, teach her. This woman has been caught in adultery, the very act, verse five. Now in the law of Moses, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then do you say? Listen to what, listen to this next verse, verse verse six. They were saying this, testing him so that they may have grounds for what? Accusing him. Interesting. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground, verse 7, but they persisted in asking him, and he straightened up, and he said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. And he stooped down and wrote on the ground, verse 9, when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones, and he was left alone. And the woman where she was in the center of the court Uh, He was left alone and the woman where she was in the center of the court, straightening up, Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? Romans 8, 1. No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Romans 8, 1. Go from now on and sin no more. The Pharisees were trying to get him in a situation where they could accuse him of something just like the enemy. And Jesus flipped the switch and eventually it led to freedom on behalf of, does anyone condemn you? I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. And that's what my challenge would be for you. Let it go. Go. He looked at the woman and he said, go, go. Sin no more. Go. Move on. Move on. Because you see how Jesus responds. You see how the angel of the Lord responds. You see what the enemy wants to get us to sink our teeth into. So if that's you today and you're struggling hardcore with guilt and shame, let me tell you something. It's time to move on. And I've given you practical text and practical verses to enable you to start that process. I don't want you to live in this mind trap 
for the rest of your life. I don't want you to do that. I want you to live free, Romans 8, 2. I want you to live free. And it's possible. Okay. Lord, we love you today. And I thank you, God, for um, everyone that's listening. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that your word is the bomb. It is like amazing, Lord. I thank you so much that you come in and you confront our greatest fears. You confront our greatest hangups. You confront those things that fight us with your word. I thank you that it's powerful. So spirit of the living God, bring freedom, bring truth. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Lord, I pray that you would swell in the lives and the hearts of those that are listening that need to break free from these guilt, shame, and condemnation. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Every day, a new day. Yeah, vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X-Y-Z-A, yeah. Okay, guys, we are back. I hope you loved that as much as I did. It was a good old Bible sandwich. And it was practical. Like, get in the word if you struggle with this stuff. You don't have to struggle with that forever. God has an answer for whatever it is that you're dealing with. Um, okay. So I want to um, have this question. I think this is a really, really fantastic question. And um, we're getting lots of questions from y'all. If you have a question or you want to tell us what God's doing in your life, you can hit us up at hello at autumnmiles.com. Maine is getting swamped over there with all these questions and testimonies and stuff, but keep them coming because we love to hear it. We love to see what God's doing in your life. This is a question. So she listens to the podcast every week. God bless. Thank you so much. She says her four-year-old daughter likes it too, which I don't know. That is so precious to me because that's just really precious. <laughs> uh, so anyway, she tunes as well. She said, your teachings have given me revelation and encouragement in many places in my life. But she says, God has placed in my heart to start a podcast as well. Do you have any tips on how to get started? 
I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. She says, I feel inadequate. I'm scared to take the first step. And then she, she thinks our, our ministry. I think this is amazing. I will say I didn't start off as about, as a podcast. God actually called me to do a radio show. And let me tell you about signing that contract. I was like, nah, no, I actually fought with the Lord a long time about that because I had no training. And it's amazing how the Lord um, just says, I don't care. I am your training. Now, it's it's better. It's better if you're trained and if you have education in, you know, radio broadcasting or whatever. But I didn't. And the opportunity was there. And I remember going on a prayer tr- retreat right before I said yes to the um, to the radio show. And um, the Lord said, you know what, Autumn, I've chosen you. Because I know you'll lean into me when you feel weak. And boy, did I ever. Um, I signed that contract and it was amazing because at the radio station, it was like, it was almost refreshing that someone came in kind of and did her own thing. Uh, We did the best of our ability. We did the best that we knew how to do. But everyone was like, wow, you're doing it this way. This is very different. And we're like, yeah, we know. And I, and I would tell people because we don't know what we're doing. We're doing the best that we can with our show. And, and then the Lord blessed it. And, you know, that one month turned into, um, you know, six years of being on the show. And you know what? It was my decision to step back from from doing that. But when when you're going to start a podcast and you feel inadequate, that's why we have faith. OK, God doesn't call people who are like, I got this in the back. I mean, he does. But, you know, most of the time when God steps in and says, hey, I want you to do something, you feel completely inadequate. You feel like you have um, no understanding of how to do it. And even if you do have a little understanding, the ask is always greater than your understanding. So um, I 100% understand uh, what you're saying. I would say there's a lot of technical things that I do not do. We have hired a production team to come in to do it because I, I barely know how to check my email over here. Okay. Know your weakness and know your strength. And I would practice before you actually go live on anything, get a catchy title, pray, ask God for what title do you want? Um, what, what do I want to say? Uh, another thing would be, um, what is the motivation behind what I'm doing? If you're having a podcast just to get famous, then that's a waste of time. (laughs) That's going to get old really, really fast, especially when you have like four people download for the week or something like that. Um, it's going to get old. It's not going to produce the ROI that your ego needs. So I wouldn't do it for that reason. But if God calls you to do it, ask him to fill in the details of exactly what are you going to say? Who are you going to talk to? What is your title going to be? Who's going to produce it? Who's going to edit it? All of those practical things need to be something that um, you kind of um, start marinating on and start processing them. And when you know all of those things and God has still given you the green light, then walk through the door. Um, but I would say motive is a big deal before you do anything. Is God asking you to do this like for real, for real? Or do you just want a platform to have it? I think um, that's the difference because what we do every single week is massive. I don't think you guys realize how many times my show is edited. I don't think you realize, you know, the quotes that we pull and how how we do that. And it is like a grind um, to make sure that, that everything is uploaded properly and it's on all the right channels. And, you know, we're, we're recording, we take time out to record. And there's just so many facets that go into it. If God's called you to do it, He's going to fill in all the gaps, but make sure the motivation is the calling of God. Okay. Good question. 
we also have a testimony that I want to get to. Um, I was blessed by the wilderness series. I loved the one with pastor Elizabeth. I loved that one as well. Demaris, she is amazing. She's one of my, my friends. Um, she spoke a lot about how I feel right now or what I'm experiencing. I've been walking blindly, it seems, in an area that if I knew it wasn't God leading me here, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be in peace. I would be freaking out. Being let go from my job, then God telling me to start this business and then not being able to seek up employment. That doesn't line up or make sense to me, but God knows what he's doing. I'm excited and nervous at the same time, just knowing God is taking care of me. He's my all. I've surrendered my whole life to him. This is his life that I live, not my own. I know God is working on something right now. And I have had people tell me if this was me, I'd be freaking out. I couldn't do it without him. I tell them that I was instructed by God. So thank you for this series. Thank you for your ministry. I listen to your podcast every week. God bless. Um, it truly ministers to me. Um, and then she says a lot of really nice things. I love that that wilderness series encouraged you. It encouraged me as well. Um, I'm still marinating on some of the truths that the Lord revealed during that series. Let me tell you guys, God is moving. If this Asbury college thing, and it's not just Asbury anymore. I mean, there are like college campuses everywhere. The spirit of God is so willing to interact with us. He's so willing to speak to us. He's so willing to guide and to direct us. We're the block. I just feel like we are set up to see just an incredible revival on the earth. And I thank the Lord for that. So thank you so much for this testimony. Thank you for stepping out in faith. Thank you for being a testimony to me and encouraging my heart. Thank you guys. That's really awesome. Okay. Next week, we're going to talk about fire, the fire of the Lord. And let me tell you something, it's going to be good. So love you guys so much. Have an awesome week and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.